right, all right, all right. Day 116. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So today, man, we're in Psalm 119, right? So Psalm 119, you know, we blocked out a whole day just to uh, talk about Psalm 119. It is the longest chapter in the Bible, right? And I know I say this a ton, but it is probably my favorite chapter in uh, the Psalms for sure. One of my favorite chapters in scripture, Um, longest chapter in the Bible. It is longer than a lot of books of the Bible, right? Especially some of those uh, minor prophets. But remember the context. I I don't know if I've, I've said this before, but the context of Psalm 119 is so important, right? So remember, we're in book five of the Psalms. Psalms are broken up into five books that corresponds with the Torah or the first five books of the Bible. They are supposed to be meditated on day and night. And book five of um, the Psalms reflect this context called the post-exilic context. After the Israelites were exiled, they came back post-exile into the land. And their three main concerns, we've said this before, and we'll talk about it more in Ezra and Nehemiah and 1st and 2nd Chronicles. We've said this before, but their concerns were worship, kingship, and then what is this? The law, the law, right? And that were their three main concerns. And so it's fitting that a psalm about the law, right? This uh, delight that the psalmist has in the law is in book five. And so um, what's interesting too, again, remember the context, like uh, we've talked about how these law psalms or these Torah psalms that talk specifically about God's word are usually coupled or right next to kingship psalm so remember psalm 1 and psalm 2 psalm 1 talks about um the law of the lord the instruction of the lord and psalm 2 is about submitting to god's king they serve as a heading for the whole book remember psalm 18 and psalm 19 psalm 18 is this royal king kingly like psalm and then psalm 19 is about um god's law as well and then psalm 118 we talked about yesterday the, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone right uh how that points to jesus and then psalm 119 comes right after it and so even in our mindset, listen, even in our minds here, I think the Lord was priming his people um, for them to know that the, the ideal king, hear this, the ideal king was one who submitted himself to God's law. If if our king, Jesus, right, could submit himself to the law of God for his earthly life, who are we not to, right? Who are we not to? And so Psalm 119 is all about God's word. Now, he's going to use these um eight words right to talk about the word of god and it's going to be they're going to be used interchangeably precepts instructions statutes command judgment promises where all these different words to speak about the same thing the word of god and um nearly every single verse in psalm 119 has one of these words now it's interesting too is that the book of deuteronomy right uses all of these words as well as it talks about um uh, the law of god now psalm 119 is also super highly structured, right? So if you see it in your Bible, you have these sections, right? And this called a acrostic. Basically, an acrostic is just this psalm. Hear this, where um, each section is broken up by a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Why is that important? Because each section sh- should be read together, right? Seen as um, a group and help you interpret it. But one of my big takeaways, I'll get to the practical stuff. <laughs> one of my big takeaways from this psalm is that God's people, hear this, have to be Bible people, right? God's people have to be Bible people. Why? Because they've always been Bible people, right? And 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 that could be kind of a um, 
yeah, anachronism, meaning that I, I'm reading something of, of a later time period back into an earlier time period. So like there wasn't it wasn't called the Bible in this time. But um, guys, people should be about the word of God because they've always been about the word of God. It's probably a better way to say it. And I think, um, you know, if we, as we look back throughout biblical history and church history, even whenever the Bible, God's word, his laws, his decrees were neglected, people drift. Right. They drift into moral decline. Right. Or they commit grave atrocities remember the book of judges remember the book of first and second kings right all of these instances we see we can we can name thing after thing in the history of time outside of scripture as well where the word of god was neglected and moral degeneracy took place right and i just love the way the psalmist he's going to talk about god's word not as something that is a duty but something that is a delight. The more you dive into the word of God, I'm telling you, I've, I, I noticed from experience, the more you dive into the word of God, it is no longer just a duty to you. It is a delight. You see that, you know, uh, all throughout the Psalms and neglecting hear this ne neglecting to spend time in God's word is like choking your joy at the source. Right. He says this in the first two verses. He says this in verse 14, verse 16, verse 111, verse 162 and many others. Right. The second thing is this, the need for insight into his instruction. One of the things, one of my favorite verses in one of my favorite chapters is um, uh, Psalm 119, verse 18, where he says, um, open my eyes so that, so that I may see, uh, contemplate uh, wondrous things in your law. Right. He asked for the for God to open his eyes so that he may see uh, wonderful things in the law of God. And that's one of the prayers I pray every time I open my Bible. And I'm telling you, not every time I see something new, but um, like almost every time that I pray that prayer, that I remember to pray that prayer, God shows me something. God shows me something I've never seen before. God has something stick to my heart in a way that it didn't before, even though I had read that passage before. And it's just amazing that the Holy Spirit, this the, the, the third person of the Trinity, the third person of the Godhead who wrote the scripture, inspired the scripture, is the same one who illuminates the scripture, right? He's the one who not only penned it, but also helps us to understand it, right? Um, so many, so many, so many other things uh, that we could say. I think another thing that uh, is, is really, really good is, um, you know, where he asked for understanding. It's not just to know for knowing's sake. He also asked to know so that he may obey right one of the things about god's word that is so true you see he doesn't just want us to know it he wants us to he wants us to obey it diligently he wants us to keep it with all of our heart um so that we may have life in the way god intended us to have it the third thing is this spiritual stability right one of the things god's god's word does is it gives us it assures us of the sturdy fixed hope we have in christ Right. It says um, verse 49 talks about how, you know, remember your word to your servant. Listen, you have given me hope through it. Hope. We often said, man, hope is often the rug that gets pulled from beneath us. Right. When um, it's fixed, our hope is fixed or centered upon anything other than Jesus and his word. And, you know, one of the reasons we come to scripture day in and day out and we get on this podcast and talk day in and day out is so that your hope would be rooted. Your hope will be rooted in God and in Christ, because if you give if you I'm telling you, if you look around you long enough, if you look at the world long enough and do not look at the word long enough, I promise you your hope will become slippery. 
right? It'll be like a bar of soap in your hand, right? It'll be hard to hold on to. And one of the reasons that God wants us to come to his word is because he knows this, right? He knows this. He wants us to have the hope that he has to offer. I think the last thing, um, and it's beautiful, um, is God's word is to be meditated upon, right? Verse 15, I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. How I love your instruction. It is my meditation all day long. Uh, I, I've often said, man, that um, one of the, one of the things that I think is can be very much countercultural, uh, as an it can serve as an act of defiance in our present age, is deep meditation on the Word of God. Right? We live in a culture that is predicated upon instant gratification, easy answers, quick fixes, and you know, we want things quickly. We don't, we, we don't want to wait. We don't want to wrestle. We don't want to meditate on the things of God. We don't want to sit, right? We're so busy and quick to move. And I think the psalmist is trying to give us a better way, right? It's something about meditating on the word of God that helps you believe in the truth of it, right? That helps you um, have the joy that the Lord wants to offer you through his word and i think um lastly i said lastly before but lastly lastly is um just the value that the psalmist um sees in the word of god he talks about how it's more precious to him uh than silver right than silver and gold and how he has treasured very important word. he says he's treasured his word uh the, the word of god in his heart so that he may not sin against the lord and i think man that uh one of the ways man we can really know uh, if the Holy Spirit lives inside of us is if we um, not only delight in the in the uh, law of the Lord, but also if we treasure it, if we see it as valuable, as precious, as more precious than the things of this world. My prayer today for you is that as you read this psalm, that you wouldn't just see it, but you would savor it, right? That you would meditate and hold on to the word of God and that you would see it as precious. My prayer is if if, if you don't feel that way, if you don't think that way about the word of God, my prayer for you is that you would pray to feel that way and to believe that way about God's word. Remember, if Jesus, our precious Lord, could come submit himself to God's word and to God's law, then who are we not to? Let's pray. Father, we ask for your grace to live in a way that is pleasing to you. And you've revealed in your word that a way that is pleasing to you is to keep your decrees to seek you with all our heart. I pray that Psalm 19 would just be before our eyes, but that it would be...